Hubhopper Originals. You all have heard this Hubhopper original show, How's the Joe season two on Hubhopper and various other platforms. Today I'm so grateful as I'm sitting down with the founder and CEO of Hubhopper, none other than Gautam Rajanan. Gautam, it's such an absolute pleasure to sit down with you and communicate about various aspects and the humbling experience of entrepreneurship. Thank you so much, Omkar. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. And Gautam, there's one more thing. Recently, I happened to do this show called as Best Talks, wherein I spoke to different entrepreneurs around India. And most of the entrepreneurs told me that entrepreneurship is a humbling experience. So I really want to know how humbling it has been to you. Oh, it's it's definitely a humbling experience. It's a it's a very unique experience. It's also uh, it's parallel to nothing else. I mean, I would recommend it to anybody and everybody who is sort of interested in uh, or is curious about it. Um, it's humbling because of the fact that you're. Uh, I think you take on the role of a parent much earlier, often much earlier than you would normally sort of take that role on. um so you sort of become very protectionist uh you sort of are thinking altruistically outside of just yourself from a very very early age i mean especially if you've started young um so you're constantly worrying about the health of something outside of yourself you're constantly worrying about um the growth the reputation the you know sort of um general sanctity of something that's outside yourself so i mean in that regard it's it's uh, i think it's it's a format of parenthood before parenthood um that's one way that i'd like to put it but also it's really humbling because ironically enough um especially this was the case in my journey when you just start out as an entrepreneur you have a huge amount of sort of delusional optimism and you have a, an insane sort of uh sense of self and and you know delusion of self grandeur uh which is very important to have in the beginning because if you knew how high and large the mountain was uh before you began to scale it i don't know whether anybody would begin scaling the mountain to begin with uh but as you sort of build your organization and it becomes larger and larger and larger you come to realize how many things there are that you don't know and how many things there are that you that sort of um make this road longer and more sort of tenuous than you had previously previously imagined it and that in itself is very humbling i think the the uh, awareness as you sort of start to build and grow the organization the awareness of knowing that you actually know a lot less than you actually know uh, right yeah humility comes from true so it's all about like you know scaling up oneself and it's like going to an another level and recognizing the fact that there's so much more to do correct correct right Uh, Gautam, how does it feels to be listed in thirty under thirty Forbes? Like that reflects so much of power. How do you utilize this power? <laughs> so the best way to utilize this power is to forget that it ever happened, uh, <laughs> and to realize the next day when you wake up, nothing's changed. Um, and you know that day itself, of course, you feel great, and it's it's uh, um, I don't know, it's a format of getting. Uh, validation external validation which is very which is always nice when you're starting out and you're and you're sort of in your early days but uh i mean it's it's something that you should forget as as quickly as you get it how it changes your um life and perspective i would say is um in the way that 
it's very different than what you would previously imagine it it's like when you go and meet other people that are uh, fortunate enough to be in the under 30 list um you realize that they're exceptionally flawed they're just as flawed as you because you otherwise constantly feel like an imposter and you feel like look at all of these luminaries with you somehow entering uh, this haloed ground of people but as you interact with people more and more and more you see that they're just as flawed as you are they're just as confused as you are at times they're just as uh, sort of excited about the future while scared about the future as you are and i'd say the only um, the only string that you know sort of uh, runs through each and every one of them is that they're passionate about what they do and they and they are very 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 driven uh, to achieving it uh, outside of that there's i mean all of your sort of human flaws exist and are actually amplified when you go and meet other people that are that are sort of fortunate enough to be in the list but yeah if you to answer your question in a one word sentence how do you deal with it is you deal with it by forgetting about it and like waking up the next day and going back to work agree okay. that's again a part of being quite humble <laughs> <laughs> right so gautam you just mentioned about validation so do you really seek out for the validation for your work because it's a quick question that i wanted to ask you yes of course everybody does and when you're an entrepreneur and you're in a startup the structures are very different than when you're in an mnc when you're in an mnc you have your yearly increment you have uh, you have your sort of yearly promotion you have an entire setup that tells you about your performance but when you're uh in a startup and especially if you are the founder of the startup then you essentially carving out the entire journey yourself so when right. only time you actually know whether you're doing well or not is when externally you are being told whether you're doing well or not i hope that makes sense yeah it does it does right so so yeah it is it is very important i i would say the one thing as you sort of um uh grow larger and larger i think one thing that founders need to instill in themselves is to make sure that that doesn't become a drug and a habit for them uh and they need to figure out how to gain that sort of um you know uh how to gain that that level of self surety from within rather than constantly trying to seek it from external sources and that's much easier said than done right right and when it, when we talk about hubhopper this is a kind of a platform which allows creators to create a content and for the consumers to consume the content mm-hmm. so in this trying times i really want to look forward to this question like you know you answering this question like what would you comment over the progress of hubhopper in this trying times especially from march till the date and what's the structure been like so i mean um uh, i'm a very sort of glass half full silver lining type of person so obviously there are a lot of uh, difficulties and there's a large amount of adversity that you're seeing across the globe across the country across across the economy and across your own organization as well which is um sad to see but at the same time it's darwinian in its own way and you make sure to like adapt rapidly you make sure to sort of um make changes in in a speed that you would otherwise not be forced to make them um i mean it's no surprise that uh only after large large scenarios of adversity do you see renaissances occurring because you know humanity is forced into becoming more innovative becoming more imaginative and you know it it sort of uh, propels uh you know uh, growth trajectory but at the same time whilst all of that is you know the the 
the difficult aspect of what we're sort of dealing with in the podcasting space. Uh, I think the last four months has been rather pivotal in building top of funnel awareness in getting people on the listener side to learn more about podcasts, to uh, to sort of um, you know actually embrace the meaning of the word, to understand what what all it entails. So lots of people have begun to listen to more podcasts, which is great to see on the one hand. Uh, mm-hmm. On the on the creator side, I would say because people have been at home for so long. and they're seeking a sense of companionship as well so as so are the listeners um and and you know sort of they're trying to vicariously live in the external world you're seeing a lot of people actually making podcasts during a time like this because they're finally getting that time that they always waited for but they weren't getting they finally um you know sort of are maybe for reasons such as seeking out companionship externally that you know they're they're forcing themselves to finally take the plunge and start podcasting so i guess during a phase like this you're seeing both more listenership increase you're also seeing more creators increase so i would say on that regard it is a silver lining for this space in terms of usage and consumption but uh, but yeah so so if you look at the overall performance it's going great yeah it's going well i mean that that's i'm a little wary to say it's going great because there are aspects about it which aren't great i mean the entire sort of the 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 uh, whilst the usage and the listenership are up right now i would say um, m- money running through the entire system and when i say the system i don't mean the podcasting industry i mean the economy at large is a little mm-hmm. uh, stagnated so on that i would say in that vertical of this industry there's actually a slowing down that's taking place in the vertical of usage there's a speeding up that's taking place In yeah a, but i think that that's going to be reflecting on the monetary side as well since the usage is increasing so slowly and steadily we would see a growth in that vertical as well maybe in the recent time in the, in the upcoming times correct 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 that's true right true uh, gotham i think gut and creativity are at the core of everything so how do you sort of function as a founder and ceo of hubhopper like how do you perform your duties how do i perform my duties yeah like uh, you have to be at times looking forward to your gut and creativity and you have to be function at the same time you're a founder and ceo of hubhopper so how do you sort of channelize all your thought process um make sure to because i guess there it's cross functional right so you make sure to actually have a process in place where you um like for me what i personally do is my i i've broken my day up into you know six different slots which which represent six different aspects of the organization i've been for the last six years i write down what i'm going to do um on a daily basis uh every single day so i've got um north of 25 uh, diaries with just you know it, it it's just repetitive of me writing what i'm doing on a daily basis um uh, along with me writing what are ongoing activities that haven't yet closed um you know it keeps me and whenever i enter office it isn't ambig- it isn't ambiguous it isn't something that i get lost in in that in that way um and it's basically something that when when i i know what i need to achieve on a daily basis and that incrementalism when looked at in retrospect is what creates big change i would say um i'm also very lucky that i have a great team with me all of whom are a lot brighter than i am so um they get to sort of uh, uh the amazing work that they do i i'm very lucky that i get to be a part of it i would say 
um and and yeah i mean uh so i think there's a certain amount of personal discipline that you have to instill into the process um along with that i would and and then and then you also have to to a, to a certain degree realize that you know the theoretical like your theoretical conviction can only get you so far post a point you do have to play with gut and post a point you do have to take you know certain risks and and plunges if we hadn't taken those risks we would have never got into podcasting i mean four and a half years ago who would right. have thought about podcasting being where it is today right very true uh, you know so i would say it's a nice blend uh, on a daily basis between having you know a good sense of personal organization um theoretically understanding problems and the solution that you're trying to create for those problems um uh, as far as possible and then finally um you know being a little bit sort of uh you know uh, also basing decisions on gut and basing decisions a little bit on you know calculated risk assessment and then and then sort of just hoping for the best and and working as hard as you can right right gautam you just said that you know at the end of the day you do have a certain calculated risk but after that you have to jump in with your gut feelings uh-huh. so i really want to ask you this this is something that is really intriguing me that what are you in it for like you know there's a core to everything so what do you sort of look forward at the end of the day oh uh, that's a great question i uh, what am i in it for you you're asking a core belief of mine so um umkar what i'm i guess in this for is i found a medium that i fell in love with myself um and then i was very surprised because this medium changed my life i listened to about 14 hours of podcast a day 5 years ago when i listened to about 14 hours of podcast a day today i listened to numerous podcasts across the day uh, i listened to podcasts while sleeping um i don't think there could be a bigger patron of the medium than me but i generally found it very painful to see that you know despite the fact that there was such value in the medium that there wasn't much uh, penetration in the indian market of this medium which was surprising to me because all of the variables that would make this medium do well anywhere else all existed here whether you're looking at high commuting time a large amount of multilingual multicultural ethnicities in one location a pre-existing very strong relationship with audio whether that's through our consumption as indians with radio whether that's our consumption as indians through devotional content whether that's our consumption as indians through just listening to stories that our parents and grandparents told tell us with with generally a very older tradition oriented uh, culture um and despite all of these things even the way that we consume youtube for that matter is we actually put youtube on and we listen to youtube rather than viewing youtube we where our behavior with the world's largest video platform actually we treat it more like a audio platform than we do a video platform so all of these things you know all pointed to the, to the direction that there should be audio content platform that exist in india prevalent in india both on the creator side and on the listener side but they weren't and for somebody that had fallen so in love with the medium i i i couldn't stomach that and i the and least of all could i stomach being sold podcasts from the west as a westernized concept i couldn't deal with the fact that um you know podcast it's making it you know the way that it was being branded and sold to us is that this is a medium that's coming to us from america or coming to us from the west which is just not the case when you already have such a long history with it 
so i wanted to uh, create representation for the medium which is why i sort of started hubhopper i started it to scratch my own itch but i also knew that there was huge power in it and as we went and deeper and deeper into building products tools solutions for this space whether those were listening based solutions applications websites plugins microsites we started to sort of find out where there were real problems and where were there sort of knots in this space and we found say the entire creator ecosystem while they all wanted to create so many podcasts it was impossible to do so because it was so technologically uh, hurdle ridden it was so um, sort of it it was a pandora's box it wasn't intuitive it was not india facing all of these things put together i mean i always sort of trying to do with hubhopper is one by one by one trying to detangle and untangle this space and give it its due and and sort of build up the community both on the listener side as well as on the creator side so i so to answer your sort of question in a sort of more brief way is what drives me what drives me is being able to stand up for a community that very few people were standing up for before you know sort of hub up entered the space and i feel very proud to be part of that and i feel that there's a lot more that we need to do before uh you know we we would consider our job even half done right right gotham and i actually i really want to thank you at this point like you took up a stand for all the indian consumers and the creators and that's the reason i think we are chatting today when this is an hub up original show and like you know we are sort of communicating through this medium and couple of things that i uh, just noted out from this particular answer of yours as you told me that you tend to listen to a lot of podcasts kindly add how's the joe season 2 maybe that might make a change <laughs> 100% right right and uh, you know there's a very beautiful quote i won't say a quote but a statement given by uh, one of the leading uh, production houses that is like sleep is our challenge so we need to create something that the people don't sleep and just binge watch us So, do you sort of feel that same connection, or do you sort of feel that same relationship between you, that is the hub hopper, and the different existing podcasts, uh, different existing podcasting platforms, or maybe content creating platforms, for example, YouTube, Netflix? Because yours is sort of on the similar lines, wherein people are coming and creating as well as consuming it. Um. So, if I understand correctly, what you are saying is that uh, uh, is our is our objective to compete with sleep uh no no not sort of sleep but i would say that do you sort of feel that competition with youtube like people are going to youtube so they are like i'll try to incorporate certain more things that makes hubhopper more interesting than youtube or any other platform for that matter uh look i think the way and this is a a, a bit of a misnomer especially if you're looking at video platforms Mm-hmm. people always look at you know if you go into meetings and you go in and you start having conversations people are always talking about video against audio video or audio how will video uh, how will audio ever catch up to video all of that but that's i mean that in itself is is largely misrepresentative because uh, both of them have their own place and they both exist at different times um, when you're watching video you're always watching video and your your device is in focus in front of you and that is the time for video so like when your phone is lit up in front of you and you're looking at your phone that is a more appropriate time for video in my opinion or when you're looking at your laptop 
um and your laptop is in front of you and you have a netflix or a or a hotstar or a amazon prime in front of you that is the time for video because so it's an immersive focused uh, experience podcasts are um are, i would i would always call podcast the younger but faster brother of youtube where in the way that podcasts are actually meant to be consumed at a different point in time podcasts are consumed when your phone is not in focus in front of you but it's actually in passive state but still with you so your phone right. is not literally in front of you but you still have it with you and you still like to consume content but you previously weren't being able to consume great quality content and that's a very large amount of time in the day which can be filled it's a it's a space that only audio has the the beautiful sort of ability to fill um so i would say that both of them aren't conflicting they're more complementary where you consume video when you're more active when you and you consume audio when you're more passive uh, right right so this is something that i was looking forward to yeah. so it's like a different stage of entertainment when you're like sort of active you go for the video things but when you're trying to commute or uh, like sort of try to deal with certain boring meetings or maybe like you're working on something like just excel or something you sort of go through the uh, the passive medium that is the podcast or something exactly exactly, exactly. Right, right. So, Gautam, the next question. Uh, I don't know whether this is that appropriate, but definitely, I think you got to decide. So, it is like, do you ever feel that existential crisis scenario, like wherein you're sort of broken down? How do you come back? Like, you know, it tends to happen to every one of us. Do you go through that? Yeah, of course. Everybody, like you said, everybody goes through it. Right. So, so how do you sort of come back? Uh. you throw yourself into your work you have a great support system around you um you i don't know you meditate uh you hope that it just it, it goes away and uh, and like everything in life everything comes in waves so they'll come in crests and shocks and, and there will be certain points there will be high points there will be certain points there are low points i think as people your uh big sort of objective in life is to make sure that those waves um become slightly lower in their amplitude so whilst you still will have waves in life uh if you can make sure like those waves are actually not um you know not as high and as low and a bit more mid path especially in terms of how you respond to them and your reaction to them if you can manage to do that then i guess you're able to weather storms better but storms will come and storms will go and sunshine will come and sunshine will go that's i mean that's just the way that life is um so so yeah that that would be my answer right right i think uh, it's like you just deep dive yourself into the work or either you sort of meditate or travel and that would be a sort of a solution to come back yeah yeah right right uh, the next question is the question that is normally asked to the women okay when we speak about the work life balance but i want to make a difference and uh, i'll make i'll start making that difference by asking you like how do you sort of strike the balance between the work and the life like the personal life and the corporate life that you have so i think when you are just starting out then at that time you know it's very uh, it's almost it's almost trendy to say i don't have a work life balance my life is my work my work is my life and there's no there's no there's no uh, sort of uh, demarcation between the two and i'm i'm a culprit to that you'll be able to find videos and podcasts in which i've only said it you know hundreds of times and this was at a different phase 
I think when your organization does begin to grow, um, it is superbly important for you to build the skill set of of compartmentalization, and it's superbly important for you to figure out how to have that little bit of work life balance. Only because, um, and and work life balance doesn't mean that you work less. It just means that, uh, like any machine, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if you're looking at a car, if you keep running a car constantly and you never slowed that car down and you never stopped that car, eventually you're going to have you're going to face burnout. Your engine will give up, your tires will give up quicker. It it it's. I mean, it's completely logical if you think about it from a machine standpoint, and if you correlate your own body and your own mind as 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 any other machine, it it becomes more intuitive for you. So as I think you grow your organization and you sort of go through a couple few few more years than when you're just starting out, you realize that the life aspect is superbly important because it's 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 where you recharge so that the next day when you turn that engine on again, it hmm. it's operating at optimum. Otherwise, you just have diminishing returns of like uh, of productivity. Right. So I think it's basically the switch off at the appropriate time zone. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, all right. So moving on towards the last one, it's sort of a very abstract one, Gautam. So it's like whatever is in your head, whatever is your mindset, you're going to utilize this to channelize how you sort of going to figure out this question and answer it. So the okay. question is, how do you see it? Do you see it as a compromise, or do you see it as a choice? What? What? What, what do I see? Yeah, so that is an abstract one. That's an abstract one. <laughs> uh, I see it as a choice. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna simplify it down to me. You're gonna dissect me the aspect. Like, what did you just imagine when I asked you this? I don't know everything, man. Like, I think when it like people constantly call. um things like your your choice in work i mean do you eventually have to compromise and choose a boring path because that's just what everybody has to do or do you have a choice in actually dictating your own destiny i would i would say the latter i'd say that the latter mm-hmm. is a very scary and uncertain path but it is definitely a choice i'd say that a lot right. of people they look at things like marriage they always talk about marriage as compromise i don't see marriage as compromise at all it's <laughs> a choice and i see it as like again it's 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 an exceptionally wonderful and rewarding thing if you view it from that perspective it's not a compromise um so i mean and and generally everything else i would say like um all of these things are choices and and you are the master of your own destiny to quite a large degree um and and yeah i mean this is as abstract as it gets so i can only bullshit my way for so long <laughs> right right gautam so i think i really love the way you just uh, like you know channelize your thought process to answer this abstract one and i think you choose the latter one that is it's it's always a choice and not a compromise yeah i mean uh, i don't know what is the right answer or the wrong answer here but but i'm yeah it's like it, it's there's nothing wrong or right it's always a perspective no it's also but it's also ironic because you gave me a choice to choose between two options of which one is the choice so like oh <laughs> that's deep that i i didn't really think of that but i think that's quite interesting again <laughs> okay true 
<laughs> so Gautam, it was definitely a great time, like understanding the different aspects and the layers and the verticals of uh, podcasting and the, your entrepreneurship journey. So Gautam has sort of worked on the podcast, made the process quite simplified. He has really simplified the process of podcasting that you can launch your podcast within few minutes. And Gautam, it's a, it's a great pleasure. And finally, we have arrived to the end part wherein uh, we have to say a goodbye. But thank you so much for being on board with House of Joe Season 2. My pleasure, man. Thank you, Omkar. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So all the beautiful listeners out there, kindly tune in to this beautiful episode wherein Gautam Raj Anand was kind enough to devote his time and have a conversation with me when we spoke about podcasting and the different layers of entrepreneurship. Thank you so much and keep listening to How's the Joe Season 2, your daily dose of Josh in association with Pan Out Media. Thank you. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट